Hello and welcome to the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Patria, joined by none other than David Metcalf. This is Dave's day. It's a wonderful Friday. Subbing in here for Santino. Uh, guy, guy needed a day off, covered for me on Tuesday, so we switched a little bit of shifts, so you're not used to hearing my voice on a Friday, but Dave, I am glad to be here with you to break down this nine-gamer that we have on our hands. It's January 14th. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. As much as, I, as, much as I'm, I'm saddened that, that Santino is enjoying me, I'm very excited to hop on one of these Friday night slates with you. Uh, it's, it's, it's been a few months, and I'm excited to jump into a, a juicy nine-gamer we have for everyone tonight. You don't, you don't have to say you're sad that he's not here, man. We, you can speak <laughs> the truth. You know, I, I, I won't tell him. Speak the truth. Uh, no, in all, in all uh, seriousness, I'm, I'm glad to be here, man. It's These are some of the best slates. They're right in the middle of the road. It's not like it's 12. It's not like it's 5. Uh, there's going to be some, some differentiation going on on a nine-gamer. And a lot of good options. I think a lot of good spots. Uh, we have a lot of the news, but we're still going to get, obviously, the ones that pop up last minute and probably some stuff that will even pop up while we're on the show. But before we jump into anything, quick shout out to Thrive Fantasy, guys. Come prop up with us over there. If you haven't checked it out, what are you waiting for? Thrive Fantasy is the leading daily fantasy sports and esports app for players prop with thrive you eliminate countless hours of research and focus only on top tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game choose 10 of 20 available player props to build your lineup each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and under based on how likely it is to hit hit the most props rack up the most points and win a share of that prize pool so thrive has over fifty thousand in guaranteed prizes weekly for the nba and has awarded over six million dollars so far Use promo code ETHOS, E-T-H-O-S, when you sign up and you receive a 100%. And, Dave, the keyword here is instant first deposit match on up to $100. So uh, it's not like some other sites where sometimes you have to drag it on, you play a couple, then they deposit another buck or two in there. It's a 100% instant first deposit match on up to $100 with promo code ETHOS. You can find the Thrive Fantasy in your App Store, Play Store, or just visit their website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and come prop today. All right, my friend, the first game on the docket, Orlando Magic traveling to Charlotte. They are taking on the Hornets in this one. For the Hornets, Vernon Carey, Kai Jones, Kelly Oubre Jr. all rolled out. And then for the Magic, Mo Bamba upgraded to questionable. Wendell Carter Jr., Markel Fultz, Michael Carter-Williams, Jonathan Isaac, Etwan Moore all rolled out. I will pass it over to you. Talk to me about this Magic squad and who you're interested in. Yeah, the Magic are interesting. Um, they're definitely a team that's going up against the Hornets. This game should be somewhat high-paced. Um, I actually like a few guys on the Magic side of the ball, starting with Cole Anthony, 7,800, um, coming off a, a nice monster effort in his last game against the Wizards. I love Cole Anthony here. I think he's in a perfect spot against the Hornets. Should continue to, to ramp up and, and continue to put up monster fantasy numbers under 8k uh in salary is also a nice little bonus for, for everyone uh listening but um i definitely like him he's my favorite play and then also you know i'm gonna have some shares of franz bogner as well um we still don't have news on, on mo bamba and wendell carter if they're out uh fire ups for franz wagner under 6k 5900 uh coming off of almost a near triple double in the last one against the wizards He's going to be asked for a little more playmaking ability. So I like those two um, on the Magic side. And that's pretty much it. Uh, we could go Robin Lopez again if we get news that Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter are out. Coming off a 36-point fantasy effort at 4,400, it should be a nice value play as well. Um, but we definitely want to hear the news about both of the the young big men. If they're confirmed out, fire up some Robin Lopez as well. So those are the three guys I'm looking at on the Magic side of the ball. Who are you looking at? Yeah. So, I mean, I think uh, Wendell Carter, I think, let me double check this injury report. I believe he's already been ruled out. So, I think we know, we have the news. Uh, yeah, Wendell Carter has been ruled yeah. out. It's Mo Bamba. But that's still going to impact, obviously, you know, if whether or not we're targeting Robin Lopez. Now, if both these guys are out, I think Robin Lopez, Chumo Kiki, both those guys have come into immediate play. I mean, this is an up, up-tempo spot for the Magic. Charlotte plays at an extremely fast pace. Uh, we know that they give up a ton of points. They give up a ton of three-pointers. You'll hear me say that night in and night out. I love targeting teams. Two of my favorite teams to target are on this slate. I like targeting teams going against Charlotte. I like targeting teams going against Houston. There's no secret involved with those two teams that they're both pretty bad on defense to play at high paces. So it's just 
more shot attempts, more rebounds, more steals, more more everything opportunity for the teams going against those guys. So, yeah, sign me up. I'm good with looking at those two guys if they both sit. Uh, if we see that Mo Bamba's playing at 5,800, I think that he's certainly in play. Uh, we saw the last game that he started. He came out, uh, you know, put up a good effort. And if he's, as long as he's playing high 20s, he has that ceiling. Uh, he's not going to be my favorite center play on the play on the slate if he does play. But it's something that we need to monitor. I think you mentioned Franz absolutely on uh, on board with Franz. It's just the kid has a such a consistent floor, always has the ceiling. It's a picture perfect matchup for him. Uh, these two teams have actually already played twice this season. Uh, he's put up about thirty DK points in those, and I'd say that's probably more of a floor for him. Uh, Cole Anthony at seventy eight hundred. He's certainly in play. There's a lot of point guards that we will talk about, but again. Anytime you see a team facing the Charlotte Hornets, you could pretty much target everybody. I think it's also worth mentioning that Jalen Suggs is ready to return in this one. So it's going to take a little guard minutes away. I don't think it's really going to come from Cole Anthony necessarily, more or less come from guys like Gary Harris, RJ Hampton. Uh, but it's also something that we have to monitor and mention. Uh, same thing goes for Terrence Ross, who's also been playing plus 30 minutes over the past three games. May see that go down a tick. But I would say when it's all said and done, based on the news that we have now, uh, Let's say Mo Bamba plays, right? Uh, I'll probably be looking at Franz. I'll be looking at a little bit of Terrence Ross. I'm not going to Jalen Suggs. Uh, if Okiki, if we get word that he starts, I'll have interest. But there's a decent chance they just move Franz over to the four. Uh, they might just end up starting Suggs right off the rip, playing Gary Harris at the three. So it's the first game of the night. We'll have that news. If they both sit, Robin Lopez, Okiki, Franz would be my top options I'd be looking at. Uh, on the Hornets side of the ball, to run it back, I guess, if you're going to be playing some of these magic players, you're going to want to run it back with somebody. LaMelo Ball, still criminally underpriced. Uh, he's only 8900 This dude should be well over 9 k and I get it. A couple of these games have been down for him. I mean, he had a couple 45-point games against Milwaukee and against Detroit. Didn't have the best uh, average against his team, but mostly due to, like, blowouts. He has 29. He's averaging 29 points in 25 minutes, and that's DK points. This dude plays 30-plus. We're probably looking at at least 40. He always has that upside for 50 or 60. Absolutely in play. Has dual eligibility at point guard and shooting guard. Uh, normally, when I see that there's a big discrepancy between him and Rozier, I like to make Rozier the pivot. I don't like this matchup that, uh, as much as I normally would for him. So I'll probably leave Rozier out of the player pool. Same thing with Hayward. Uh, it's probably just primarily going to be a little bit of LaMelo Ball. I think everybody else is priced pretty appropriately, where I just don't need to have any interest. Yeah, the Hornets are interesting. Um, I'm, I'm with you 100% on LaMelo Ball. Um, he hasn't, we haven't seen a LaMelo Ball type of signature performance in, in, in some time. We haven't seen a triple-double, for that matter, in, in a couple weeks now for LaMelo. So that's, I think he's long overdue. This is a perfect spot for him. Price under 9K. We're not going to get him under 9K very much this season, so we got to take advantage. I love LaMelo Ball here to, to run it back on, on some of the Magic players I touched on. Um, and then also Gordon Hayward coming off a monster effort against the Sixers. 6900 is still a pretty good price tag. It sounds like he's getting more and more comfortable in this offense. Let's see if he can if he can run it back after that great performance against the Sixers. Can he do it again against the Magic? This is a perfect spot for him to step it up as well. Um, I'm also looking at guys like P.J. Washington, potentially at 4700 um, A guy that, again, didn't play much against the Sixers. But this game has blowout potential if the Hornets get hot from the field. Uh, and then we, we could expect some P.J. Washington minutes, but I'm definitely going to look looking at him more for tournaments versus cash game builds um, from that matter. Uh, and then obviously Miles Bridges, 8K, a little bit too pricey for me uh, in this type of matchup. I'd much rather go Gordon Hayward if we're going to go uh, the wing position on the Hornet side. So for me, it's really going to be LaMelo Ball, Gordon Hayward, and then sprinkle in some P.J. Washington um, if we, we get news that um, that. Uh, Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter out. I, I like Peter Washington a little bit more on the Hornets side of the ball. Yeah, and I, I forgot to mention the spread in game total. It is a 10.5 point spread being favored towards Charlotte. 225 game total, the second highest game total that we have available. Only two. Guess who? The Rockets game that we'll get to later on tonight. But next game, Raptors traveling to Detroit, taking on the Pistons in this one. Uh, for the injury report, the Pistons, Jeremy Grant, Frank Jackson, Isaiah Livers, Kelly Olynyk, Chris Smith all rolled out. And then for the Raptors, Goran Dragic, David Johnson, Isaac Bonga all ruled out. Scotty Barnes and Gary Trent Jr. are both questionable. Scotty dealing with some knee soreness. Gary Trent with that left ankle. I'd be surprised if Trent plays. Keep your eye on it. I think Scotty has a better chance of playing. But 
Uh, if both these guys sit, I think we can go right back to the well with a guy like Chris Boucher. He started in that last one. You know, there's a decent chance that they could have went a little smaller, uh, played speed, just moved Siakam up to the five. They opted to go big, which worked out well because they actually, you know, kept that game fairly close. Uh, ended up losing to Phoenix only by four points. wasn't the highest scoring game. But Boucher at 5,400, he also offers that power forward eligibility, which is always great. So keep your eye on that news. I think he instantly comes into play. I don't really want to pay the 10K for Van Vliet. Or the 9,500 for Siakam. I uh, wouldn't fault you if you did want to. So, in all honesty, it would probably just end up being OG and Boucher if both those guys sit. We're just going to see a, a nice little usage tick for a guy like OG when Gary Trent is out of the lineup. It just equals more opportunities for him to take a few more three-pointers. They're going to need the floor spacing. So, those are probably the two main guys I have interest in. Outside of that, I'm not really looking at anybody else on Toronto. Yeah, Toronto's an interesting team. Um, I, I might throw some shots at Chris Boucher. Um, it's always a risk to play Bobby Boucher, aka Chris Boucher, um, in lineups. But at 5400, um, he is getting some solid minutes. If we get word of any potential um, players out for the Pistons, this could be a turn into a blowout. So I do like Boucher as kind of a blowout-proof potential player. Um, I also like um, OJ Anunoby is definitely going to be in play for me uh, in terms of lineups at 6500. I think he's a great solid floor. I'm also going to be having some shares for tournaments of Scotty Barnes. If, he, if we get word that Scotty Barnes is playing, 6,400 is a great price tag for Scotty. We've seen his upside earlier in his rookie year where he's putting up double doubles, can get you a little bit of everything. Definitely one of the top five rookies um, definitely this year as far as what he's done so far for the Raptors. So I do like him a little bit also for tournaments. Uh, and then Fred Van Vliet at 10,000, a little bit too high of a price tag for me to pay because this has blowout written all over it. Pascal Siakam, same same kind of thing, 9,500, just a little bit too high um, of a price tag for a guy that might only see 25, 30 minutes of this game ends up being a blowout quickly. So uh, I'm not going to have too, much, too many shares there on the Raptors side of the ball. I'm taking a hard pass on Detroit, man. I don't know if there's anything you want to throw in there. Just don't really like any of these price tags. Don't like any of these options. Matchups, okay, but all in all, nine games on the slate, I'm ready to cross them off unless there's anything else you want to add. Yeah, I would I would say the only thing that I might throw into lineups on the Pistons side of the ball is a guy like Isaiah Stewart um, at 4,600. Uh, he's a guy that can get 25, 30 minutes. If he does play 25, 30 minutes, at 4,600, it's a pretty good price tag. He has 30-point upside. Uh, that's a good salary to, to pay, but I'm with you. I don't see a lot of interest in anyone else. Kate Cunningham is just priced too high, 7600 um, in this type of matchup. I, I don't see this game staying close where any of these guys are going to get enough run to justify their price tag. All right, we'll keep it moving then. Third game of the night, 7 p.m. Eastern start time. Phoenix Sun traveling to Indiana, taking on the Pacers. Uh, for the injury report, Malcolm Brogdon is questionable in this one. Sounds like he's pretty close to returning. I know he was close to returning in that last one. They opted to rest him. He did practice on Wednesday, or I'm sorry, Thursday. Uh, Torrey Craig is questionable. TJ McConnell, TJ Warren continue to be out. Cam Johnson is questionable after that left ankle sprain. He missed that last game. Frank Kaminsky, Abdul Nader, Dario Sarch all rolled out. Ish Wainwright is questionable uh, coming out of the protocols. This game doesn't have a game total. It does not. So we do not have a game total for this one yet. We're going to have to wait and see on that one. I'll start off with Phoenix here. Uh, you know, there's some decent options here, some decent price tags. I think if we see Cam Johnson's rolled out, we can go right back to the well with Jay Crowder. Get a little bit of a price bump now after, you know, came out, coming off of a pretty, what could be considered a monster game for Jay Crowder. Uh, he's 4,900. He was 39. But listen, they're going to need as much size as they have against this team. And, and we know he's going to get the extra run. Normally, a guy that's in the high 20s, low 30s, came out, got like three or four more extra minutes with Cam Johnson out. So keep your eye on that news. If Cam Johnson sits again, we can go right back to the well with here. Uh, with Jay Crowder, don't mind that. Decent little value play if you land on him. Not necessarily somebody that I'm, I'm going out of my way to build around. Uh, and then I don't mind taking a stab at a guy like Chris Paul at 7,900. I think there's better point guard options that we will talk about. But I just don't see myself paying the 88 for Booker in this matchup. No fault to him. I think he's a great player. And I think, you know, any other night, I don't mind targeting him. But on a nine-game slate, I just think that there's a couple better price tags out there. The, the floor is just a little too low where uh, on off nights or on blowouts or anything like that, he's looking at anywhere between 28 to 34 and at 8,800. I'll leave him on the table. So it's really just going to be a minute share of Paul and then a little bit of Jay Crowder for me. Yeah, I'm kind of with you here. Uh, I think that the Chris Paul news is going to be important here. 7,900 is a pretty high price tag. 
and and you mentioned there's a, a bunch of guys in that in that price tier that I'd much rather have a point guard. But if we get news he's playing, I'm definitely my fire up in Chris Paul. If, he, if we find out that he's somehow out of this game, Cameron Payne becomes a, a pretty a nice floor 4400 value. Um, so I'm going to be looking there if, if we get some news early on. It's a 7 p.m. tip off, which helps us as well. So we get some some news on, on terms of who's playing and who's not playing uh, pretty quickly as well. Um, so other than that, there's not a ton of interest. I'm not going to go Jay Crowder at 40, at, uh, sorry, at 4900. I, I don't think that price tag warrants him. DeAndre Aiden at 7600 is a little bit too high as well for me. Um, so I'm not going to be going in that direction uh, either. Um, Cameron Johnson, if he ends up playing 5500, um, coming off the bench now might be worth a shot. Again, if, if we expect Chris Paul and everyone to suit up, Cameron Johnson might get some some extra run if this game ends up being a blowout against the Pacers. But again, we won't we won't know until closer to tip off. But those are some guys that I'm looking at as well on, on the Phoenix Suns side of the ball. But this is not a great matchup for them, uh, regardless when it comes to DFS. Yep. Uh, on the other side of the ball, there's only one guy that kind of piques my interest based on price, and that's Miles Turner at 5,800. Everybody else, I think, is priced appropriately, especially if Brogdon comes down, uh, comes back. Not really looking at Oliver at 83 with Brogdon back in that lineup. Uh, Duarte uh, had a birth of his child. He is back in this game. So with both Brogdon, like if Brogdon plays, I'm assuming, uh, again, things may change. But if he does play, Duarte's back. I think that, you know, the Lance Stevenson shine may be gone. Uh, we'll probably see that wear off. So. Sabonis so at 10K, there's better spend-ups in my opinion. I'd rather spend the 89 on LaMelo than spend you know, 10-1 on Sabonis. So when it's all said and done, it's probably just a couple shares of Miles Turner. But even then, it's not something that's a must-play. Yeah, Sabonis is a little bit too high of a price tag for me again, 10100 Um, And it's definitely going to be an interesting play, um, having Demondis Sabonis uh, you know, in terms of lineups. Um, in terms of building lineups, I, I think going up against the Suns is never good. They're one of the better defenses um, we have in the league. So I, I'm not going to be targeting too many guys on, on the Pacers side of the ball, especially if Brogdon ends up playing. He's going to make a, a very much uh, a, a cluster in terms of, in terms of the Pacers, um, especially with Karis LeVert back in lineups, 8,300. It's still too high of a price tag for me to go Karis LeVert as well. Uh, Lance Stevenson had a great run, 5,100, um, but I think that run is, is going to be over now with all these guys back in the lineup. Um, there's a bunch of guys um, that we might be looking at, but this, given this game and given how many games we have on the slate, I'm not going to have a lot of interest in anyone on the Pacer side of the ball either. All right. We will keep it moving. Boston Celtics traveling to Philadelphia, taking on the 76ers here. For the injury report, we'll look at. We'll start here with Boston. Marcus Smart is questionable due to health and safety protocol. Sam Hauser has been rolled out. And then for the Sixers, Danny Green, Shake Milton, Ben Simmons, Jaden Springer, Braxton Key, all ruled out in this one. Uh, for the injury report, it's a two eleven and a half game total. We have Philly being favored by three points. Starting off here, looking at Boston, obviously I think Marcus Smart is going to be the key cog that we need to keep an eye on here. Uh, if he sits, it's a big boom just for a guy like Dennis Schroeder at 5,400. Marcus Smart doesn't have the highest usage. But it's the minutes. Obviously, the minutes get distributed pretty much exclusively between uh, three players, which would be Schroeder, Josh Richardson, Payne Pritchard. Out of those three, I think Schroeder and Josh Richardson would be the main guys that I'm targeting. Uh, I think both of them, decent floors, decent upsides, and they're both at pretty rock-solid price tags. Uh, Schroeder would probably being, end up being the highest-owned player I have out of the group, but I wouldn't fault you if you wanted to go somewhere else. And then with Pradum, uh, Pradum just combined Jason uh, – or. Pritchard and Jason Tatum's names, and I just almost that's said it be again. That's going a new nickname. I love it. <laughs> but, <laughs> exactly. That's that's what I was going for. Uh, but with his price tag now dipping, you know, two games in a row where he's been under 10K, uh, he was 95 against Indiana. Now he's down to 93. We're seeing that him and Jalen Brown's price tags get closer and closer due to Brown's recent performances over the past three games. I don't mind taking a stab at a guy like Tatum in this one. I think that he won't draw a ton of ownership. Uh, these two teams have faced off twice already this season. He's averaging about 48 DK points against them in those two games. So at 9,300, they're going to need him, bottom line. And he gets uh, – it looks like he's actually 
been killing the boards against his team, which comes as a little bit of a shocker. But a lot of that's probably due just because his team wants to shoot threes against the Sixers. It's not a team that you really want to drive to the rack on. So you usually see a lot more teams try to take threes against them, which creates longer rebounds. So I'm good with taking shots at you know Schroeder, Tatum, maybe a hair of Josh Richardson. Uh, the Horford price is enticing, but it's burned me the past two games. I do think this is one of those matchups that you could target him. I'm not going to sit here and say, go ahead and play him like I did. I think it was two games ago, and you know I do apologize for that. Listen, if I tell you to play someone, I probably had shares of them, and it burned me too. So I thought the, the first matchup against Indiana was the one to target because they're going to need his size in the front court. But this is going against a team that he did not have a, a good time playing for. I uh, thought he was mismanaged, misused over there. There might be a little angst built into this. So keep that in mind. Uh, it is a good matchup for him, but I, I'll probably still end up with more shorter and Tatum than anybody. Yeah, definitely interesting matchup here against the Sixers. Um, definitely a rivalry that's been brewing for a while with Embiid versus the Celtics. So on the Boston side of the ball, I, I love your call, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Uh, they're, they're pretty much priced well here. Uh, under 10K, they both have monster upside, 55, 60-point fantasy upside in this game. Um, it's just a question of, of which guy I trust more. And I, I, I'm going to probably lean more Jalen Brown and take $100 in savings just because he's been more consistent recently. Over his last three games, we've seen a much more consistent effort. He's a guy that's getting rebounds now, despite the fact that the Celtics have all the size. Brown's getting those boards, and I think he's going to continue to do so against the Sixers, despite of all that. So I do like Brown. My favorite play probably on the Celtics side of the ball. I also like Marcus Smart if he plays. The 700 is a great price tag. Um, We'll have to monitor that situation closely. If he ends up sitting, Dennis Schroeder 5400 is going to be chalk, but also it's a great opportunity to target Dennis here. Um, so I definitely will be looking in that direction. In terms of the front court, I do like the, the narrative. Um, anyone who listens will definitely know that I do love a good revenge narrative here with Al, Hor- Al Horford as well. 5200 is a very low price tag, but we haven't seen Al Horford play much, uh, much at all recently. We haven't seen any kind of effort. He hasn't been shooting the ball much. He hasn't been really involved in the offensive side of the ball. This could be the game that he changes things, but I'm not going to have too many shares of him. Definitely more for tournaments. Uh, and Robert Williams also 7K is a little bit too high of a price tag for me against going up against Embiid. Embiid is traditionally very good against center, so I'm not going to have a lot of interest there. It's going to be Jalen Brown with a little bit of Dennis Schroeder as well. Um, and then I won't fault anyone going Jason Tatum. I just think he's a little bit too high a uh, price tag for me th- in this kind of matchup as well. Can't fault you, man. On the Philly side of the ball, uh, definitely some things to, I guess, I wouldn't say monitor. We pretty much have all the news that we need to have on them. Uh, But there's really only one guy, and there's no secret here. It's going to be Joel Embiid. This dude has just been cooking during the month of January uh, with hot oil. I mean, the only player I've ever seen in, what, six straight games get 31 points in a row. Uh, I don't know if he's just making that, like, a thing that he wants to do at this point, but... He's literally had 31 actual points now for, uh, I'm sorry, five straight games in a row. Uh, But he's had at least 30 actual points or 31 actual points uh, over the past eight. So this dude has just been on fire. He's been torching the Celtics all season long in the two matchups that they faced earlier in the year. He's averaging about 65 DK points against him. He probably will end up being my top spend up. Um, You know, it's hard to say because there's Luke on the slate and Luke has been playing much better as, uh, as well. And I think... It's a little underpriced, but we have some options where, you know, with all these other spend-ups, I'm fading a lot of them, to be honest. You know, uh, we'll get to those guys in a little while. You'll hear me say their names. But I do think that Embiid is probably well worth the spend-up with just his recent performance and the matchup. Uh, anybody else on this Sixers team that you have interest in? Yeah, the only other guy I'm looking at, I mean, Embiid is a fantastic call. Uh, I'm definitely going to be looking at a lot of shares in Embiid. He's going to be a high owned, but for good reason, as one of the highest priced players on this entire slate. Um, he sh- should absolutely eat against the Celtics front court. Um, and he has been on the, on the level in terms of consistency recently, definitely willing them to, to the playoffs at this point. So he continues this matchup. He's going to be an MVP conversation for sure. As far as any other Sixers for me, Tyrese Maxey for the 600 gets some love. Um, despite a poor effort against the Hornets, I expect a nice bounce back effort. I don't think Tyrese Maxey can shoot 30% from the field again against Boston, and he's going to be low owned to boot. Um, so I think he's going to be a little bit more of a tournament play for me. But under 6K is a great price tag. I, I do like him here as another option. 
Um, but definitely going to be heavy into Embiid with a little bit of shares of Tyrese Maxey to, to round it out for, the, for, the, for my Philadelphia squad. All right. We will keep it moving. Golden State Warriors traveling to Chicago. They are taking on the Bulls. Second half of back-to-back for the Warriors who put out one of the worst first half performances of the season. Not even just for them. Uh, I would say in terms of the season, I, I believe when I looked, it was like 70 70- seven to 38 or something crazy uh i could be wrong there don't quote me on that but either way they got absolutely smoked by the bucks Giannis put up a triple double on them uh nonetheless it's a new day turn the slate uh let's see what's going on here though for the bulls alex caruso tyler cook javante green Derek jones jr and patrick williams have all been ruled out we're not gonna have a game total on this one i forgot to mention that last one because of course i did uh it is 211 and a half game total Three-point spread for Philly. I, mean, I just lied. We did. We do have one for this one. 222.5. Chicago being favored by three in this one. So I will pass it over to you. Talk about this Warriors team, I guess, what you're expecting from them and who you're targeting. Yeah, I think uh, Warriors are going to be motivated, especially after getting blown out off the court. I don't think a lot of a lot of players got tired in this game. So I definitely like a few guys on the Warriors side of the ball. Um, I'm going to be looking at Steph Curry, 2600. He's long overdue um, for, for a big-time performance. I mean, he did have a, a big one against the Grizzlies. A few nights ago, we had triple-double, um, but then he had a letdown, obviously, tonight. But I do like Curry as a nice bounce back under 11K. Uh, it's, it, it's not the best matchup going up against the Bulls by any means, but this is going to be a game where I think he's going to show up and, and really play well. So I'm going to have some shares of, of, of Mr. Curry here. Uh, in this matchup, I'm also going to be looking at uh, Clay Thompson as well. 5,800 price under 6K. So we haven't seen a signature Clay Thompson performance yet. He's only been getting about 20 minutes a game so far. Um, I think is an opportunity. Actually, he's out. Sorry, apologies. Disregard what I just said. Disregard everything I just said. Um, Clay Thompson. <laughs> All good, man. All good. It's going to be completely out. So I'm going to be going Jordan Poole. A quick pivot to Jordan Poole at 5K price. Price to move absolutely is going to move into the starting lineup. I think going up against the Bulls, he's going to get plenty of shots, and it's it's pretty good value as well to 5K. So I'm going to be looking at Jordan Poole and Steph Curry. Front court is kind of a mess with with the Warriors. Juan Descano Anderson at 3500, but he's not getting any minutes, so I'm not going to be going in that direction. With Draymond Green out, there's not a ton that I that I'm really targeting on the Warriors side of the ball. So I'm going to be looking at Jordan Poole. Uh, in the front court, sorry, in the back court, along with Seth Curry. And that's it for me on the Warriors going up against this very solid Bulls defense. I'm I'm right there with Poole. He's probably going to be one of my higher-owned players. And to no surprise, he'll be very chalky. I think a lot of people will go back to him. He'll be right back in that starting lineup. Another thing worth noting is Gary Payton Jr. Uh, left the game with back tightness. He did not return. Uh, good chance that he's not going to be playing tonight either, or uh, you know. So, with that being said, Jordan Poole would probably be inserted back in that starting lineup regardless. Uh, but now they're going to have room at that power forward position instead of just playing a little bit more small ball. So, it could be one of those instances where we see Otto Porter or Juan Toscano Anderson start. If Otto Porter does start uh, in play for me at 4,700, I'd have a ton of interest in him. Also, going against one of his former teams. So, sign me up for those two players. Those are the two main targets I'm looking at. I know Juan Toscano burned pretty much everybody in the world uh, in that last start that he had. I was one of them. I had shares. Uh, but always worth keeping an eye on if he does draw the start. It's just you can't have that faith. And you can't trust him in cash. But mostly it's going to be out of Porter or Jordan Poole for me. Uh, on the Chicago side of the ball, a lot to like over here because these price tags are coming back down to earth. They're finally back to reality. All these They had, I think, at one point, it was like three guys over 9K. Now it feels like they're, all their studs are a little underpriced. And I think a lot of that has to do with Lonzo Ball finally getting back uh, in the lineup and getting into a groove, which, you know, we're not seeing Levine and DeRozan handle the ball as much. So, you know, obviously with a little bit of lower assist totals, they're, they're capped. Uh, but I do think it's a good spot for DeRozan at 8,600. Uh, don't mind taking a stab at him here and there. Still probably try to find the extra couple bucks for Tatum. Uh, but if you don't have it, he's a great option to go to. Same thing with Levine at 84. I think that's just a little too cheap for Levine. This is going to be a get-right game for the Warriors. It's going to be competitive between these two teams. And anytime we have a competitive game, we know that Levine, DeRozan, those two guys are going to be clicking. They're going to be in probably handling the majority of the the workload as far as usage goes. Uh, I don't mind Vooch, but there's other centers that we've already mentioned that we will mention that I'll have more interest in. But 
I think Levine and DeRozan, definitely two guys I'm targeting. And then we also need to wait and see, I guess, what they're going to do at the power forward position with both Javante Green uh, and uh, Derek Jones Jr. rolled out. So it wouldn't shock me if they end up starting DeRozan at the four, especially knowing that there's no Draymond in this game. They can go small. Again, that just gives him a little bit more boost uh, as far as rebounds are concerned. But then if that's the case, we may end up seeing a scenario where they start a guy like Kobe White at the two, move Levine up to the three, DeRozan to the four. So if that's the case, I don't love the price tag of Kobe White at 5K. I wish he was just a little bit cheaper. Nonetheless, he's been playing great ball lately. So it's worth monitoring, just something to keep uh, you know a little food for thought there. We're not necessarily going to have this starting lineup probably right away, but it's only a 7.30 start time, half hour after the other start times. So there's a chance that we do. So in all in all, it's going to be Levine, DeRozan, uh, possibly a little bit of Kobe White, but it wouldn't fault you if you didn't want to test them. Yeah, the Bulls are definitely interesting. Uh, this is a great matchup for them as well, going up against the Warriors with no dream on green. They're defensive stalwart down low. Um, so I definitely like the DeRozan, Zach Levine calls. Price in the 8K range, uh, DeRozan is probably going to be a little bit more of a play for me just because he's got a little bit of higher upside than Zach Levine, can do a little bit more uh, for this team. So I'm, I'm going to be looking at DeMar DeRozan as the number one option uh, on the Bulls side. And then I'm definitely going to have some shares of Zach Levine as well. And then uh, I like the Kobe White call. I'm actually going to be looking at Lonzo Ball potentially. Um, having a nice little game against the Warriors, although, again, it's it's going to be tough. Um, I, I don't see how all three are going to be able to, to to get value here against the Warriors, but I'm definitely going to have a lot of shares of all three. Um, and then I like, the, I like the fade call on Nikola Vucevic. I don't think this is a good matchup against the Warriors. Um, they might play a lot of small ball as well, going up against the going up against the Warriors. So, I'm definitely going to be looking at a fade for Vucevic. So for me, it's DeRozan. I'm with you. DeRozan, Levine, and then a little bit of Lonzo Ball sprinkled into tournament lineups. All right. We will keep it moving. Atlanta Hawks traveling to Miami, taking on the Heat. For the Hawks, Clint Capella, Solomon Hill. Well, Solomon Hill is actually traded uh, with Cam Reddish. So both those guys we know are out. Jalen Johnson's doubtful. Kevin Waiter is questionable due to the left foot contusion. And for the Heat, Bam continues to be out, as though although he's getting closer. Jimmy Butler is questionable. Marcus Garrett, Markeith Morris, Casey Akpala, and Victor Oladipo are all ruled out. 222 game total, Miami being favored by three in this one. I'll pass it over to you. Why don't you start with the Hawks here? And I guess what changes for you now that Reddish is going to be out of this rotation? And are there any other wings that you think could step up in his absence? Yeah, I think with Ken Reddish out of the rotation, there's a couple guys that I'm looking at. It's going to start with Bogdan Bogdanovich. 300 is a pretty good price. Tag. Coming off a string of, of pretty solid efforts, especially in the last game against the Heat where they got blown out, he still put up almost 30 fantasy points. So I think this game is going to stay pretty close. It's going to be a high-scoring affair. Um, I think the Hawks definitely put up a good effort. Um, so I like Bogdan Bogdanovich as, as one of the, the best wings um, to step up in uh, Cam Reddish's absence. And then Kevin Querter, if he ends up being out, Bogdan becomes an absolute steal at the 300. If Kevin Huerta's in, um, he might be more of a tournament play for me. Uh, and then Trey Young on the Hawks side of the ball, always in play, especially if we get word that Jimmy Butler is out. Um, he has 55, 60 point upside if this game stays close. So I definitely like Trey Young here. Um, but again, we have to get news of on, on the Butler side of the ball to see what, what's going to happen from that perspective. But I do like Bogdan, uh, regardless of what happens with Kevin Huerta. Um, he's definitely going to be one of my favorite targets. And then in the front court, I'm going to have some shares of John Collins at 7K. Uh, Price almost to a point where you have to play him. Um, he's going up against the Heat and Omar, you're at seven. I just don't think that he's going to be able to match up against him, especially if Clint Capella ends up being out. John Collins should be an absolute smash play uh, in this game. And Capella is out, so apologies. I, I definitely, can, I, I honestly cannot read clearly this evening, so apologies to all the listeners. Um, but uh, when it comes down to it, John Collins is definitely going to be a rock-solid play, along with Bogdan Bogdanovich, and then sprinkling some Trey Young for tournaments for me. Yeah, no, listen, I'm, I'm right there with you on Collins. I think Collins is in a fantastic spot, uh, you know, going to be in split in time between the center position and power forward. Should be looking at 35, 36 minutes if this game stays close, which I'm expecting it to. Both teams are good. They're both competitive. Even if Jimmy Butler sits, Miami still finds a way to beat teams. 
So I do think John Collins at 7K is in a good spot. If Kevin Werder sits, keep in mind DeAndre Hunter is back. You know, Does he get a big bump in minutes? That's the question mark. He played 24 in his first game back. So I don't think they're going to ramp up straight up to over 30. Probably looking somewhere in the mid to high 20s. Uh, 3,400, there's worse value plays you can look at. But another guy that we have to probably mention at the very least would be Timothy Luau Cabro if Kevin Werder sits. Just because now that Cam Reddish and, you know, if Werder's out of the rotation as well and they're limiting Hunter's minutes a little bit, he's a guy that they started and gave spot starts several times this season. Granted, a lot of that was with Bogdanovich out as well. So just something to keep an eye on. I wouldn't be shocked if for some reason they want to take Hunter off the bench and they still want to continue just to start while Cabrero in his spot start. But all in all, it's probably just going to end up being John Collins for me. A little bit of DeAndre Hunter because 3,400 is too cheap for a guy that could play, you know, high 20s at the best case scenario, mid 20s at the low, uh, at the worst case scenario. But keep in mind, his, his game isn't necessarily built around DFS. He's mostly going to be a points and, you know, here and there gets a couple of stocks, whether it's a block or a steal, but 3,400 still. First game back, he put up almost 22 DK points, 15 actual points. It did so on 4 of 11 shooting. So uh, I think those are the two guys I'm primarily looking at. I wouldn't fault you for Bogdanovich. Uh, I think he's definitely in play at 5,300. It's a little bit too cheap of a price tag, especially if Waiter sits. I'd have a lot more interest in him in that case, but probably not playing Trey Young here. I'm not playing a Kungu. Now they took away his power forward eligibility and gave him a price increase. So I'll keep it with those guys. Uh, on the Heat side of the ball, definitely some things to like over here. Your Seven's price tag is finally getting up to where it should be at 7,200. Takes a lot of the luster away from it, but this dude just continues to rebound at an elite level. And he's even getting a little bit of big man passing going on in there, taking a page out of Jokic's book with 14 assists over the past two games. Don't mind taking a stab at him, but I think all in all, I don't think I'll end up with too many shares of him. Not a guy that I'm crossing out of the player pool just yet, but not somebody that I'm overly excited about. Uh, outside of him, I think I'm looking at a guy like Kyle Lowry at 7,900. I'd rather see Butler sit, but anytime we see a point guard go against Trey Young, we kind of have to lick our lips knowing that Trey Young is statistically one of the worst defensive point guards in the league. The price tag's right where it should be, so we're not getting a discount or anything. He's not a must play or anything like that, but if you're looking to get exposure to this game and you just don't want to play a guy like, you know, your seven or hero. Uh, I think this is definitely a good spot to take a look at. And then uh, only other guy worth mentioning if Butler sits again would be Caleb Martin. Uh, he's been playing 30 plus minutes pretty much every game that Butler sat. And at 4,600, there's more small forward options you can look at. Yeah, this will be interesting on the Heat side of the ball. Jimmy Butler affects a lot of line of decisions here um, for me as well as everyone else, I imagine. So, um, I, if the Butler's out, Tyler Hero, 7,800, I think I'd rather pay that price over Kyle Lowry, 7,800. Coming off back-to-back 51-point efforts, I think uh, Tyler Hero can absolutely smash in this in this spot against the Hawks' porous defense, um, especially if Butler's out. Um, if Butler's out, I love the Caleb Martin call at 4,600. Coming off a, a shocking double-double with rebounds, actually. Um, definitely a guy that's going to be in play for me um, if Butler's out. And then you can definitely look Omar at seven. I'm not going to have a lot of shares there. I think his price is now too high at 7,200 um, in terms of, of where I think he's going to be able to match up. Uh, I'm looking at two guys I'm really looking at are going to be, as I mentioned, it's going to be Caleb Martin and it's going to be Tyler Hero in, in the backcourt. And that's it for me and on the heat side of the ball. All right. Three games left on the docket. Cleveland Cavaliers traveling to San Antonio to take on the Spurs in this one. For the injury report. Isaac Okoro and Rajan Rondo, both questionable. As we know, Ricky Rubio, Colin Sexton out for the year, both of them. Um, we're going to have to obviously monitor those two guys just because they're two significant parts of this rotation at this point. But keep your eye on it, worth noting. And then on the Spurs, we have Zach Collins continues to be out. Trey Jones is out. Derek White is questionable. Uh, I'm expecting him to play in this one. Uh, he was ruled out. He's out of the health and safety protocols, but he sat out that last game. I imagine just to give him another day, kind of another day or two for conditioning as well. But I expect him to play in this one. Uh, and then Drew Eubanks is probable as well. As far as a game total is concerned, we have this one at 220 and a half with Cleveland being favored by two. Uh, looking at this Cleveland side of the ball, there's one guy that is kind of criminally underpriced. That's Darius Garland. Uh, 7,800 is just too cheap for how well this dude has been playing all season long. I mean, for the past week or two, that he's been routinely priced over 8K, touching almost 10K. At one point, he was 9,700 for two games straight. 
But this dude's just routinely dropping high 30s, low 40s on, on what feels like a daily basis. Has the upside for 50, even 60. We saw him triple-double in that last one. 7,800, he's going to be one of my favorite point, guard slate, uh, point guards on the slate. Probably the reason why I don't end up landing on Lowry or those other guys too, too much. So absolutely all on board of Garland in this one. Outside of Garland, keep your eye on a guy like uh, Lamar Stevens. I don't love this guy. I don't love playing him at all. He's coming off of a couple big games. I don't expect him to continue shooting as well as he has been over the past two games, 67%, 80%, 73%. So it's definitely out of the norm and unsustainable shooting percentages. So he's about due to come down to earth. But the bottom line is if Rajon Rondo does happen to sit out this game, they just don't have that many ball handlers. I mean, they could play Pangos a little bit, but I don't see them necessarily going that route. It's just going to probably be heavy minutes for Garland and uh, a decent amount of you know, guys, like I'm saying, like Lamar Stevens. So I'll probably just end up falling on those two guys, more or less. But again, not too much Stevens, tons of Garland. And I wouldn't fault you if you wanted to look in their front court. Definitely decent options. I think both those guys are priced appropriately. I probably I probably lean more mobile just based on this eligibility at power forward and being four hundred dollars with that discount. But I wouldn't fault you if you want to look at Jared Allen too. Uh, 7,700, the dude's averaging 38 DK points per game this season. Hasn't had too many monster games stretched in a row like we were seeing at one point when Mobley was out, and that's probably the big reason behind it is that now he's sharing that front court. He's got to split the rebounds. It was at one point where he's routinely grabbing. It was like 14 boards or more in a game for like eight straight games, and he still has that upside. It's just obviously going to come a little bit more fewer and far in between uh, knowing Mobley's back in that lineup, but – Anybody else that you are looking at on this Cleveland team? Yeah, the Cleveland team is interesting. Um, I think you touched on the smash play and obviously going to be a chalk play. Darius Garland coming off a triple-double um, should be absolutely clean up um, in this matchup against the San Antonio Spurs. Um, and then I, I, Lamar Stevens is a guy that is definitely in play for me. Price 3,700. Even if he doesn't sustain his, his hot shooting, I still think he has some value there and under 4K. And there's not a ton of value that we've mentioned so far on this slate. So I definitely will have some shares of Lamar Stevens as well. And then the final guy you touched on as well uh, as, as a potential opportunity. And I think he's priced to a point where I might actually go there. And that's going to be Jared Allen, 7,700. Going up against the Spurs front court. We know this is a good matchup for him. Um, potential for a monster double-double here. If this game stays close especially... Jared Allen is in store for, for huge minutes and, and a huge opportunity to, to really smash his price tag. So those are the three guys I'm looking at. In terms of ranking, it's going to be Garland number one, and then it's going to go Lamar Stevens number two, and then I'm going to sprinkle in Jared Allen in a lot of tournament lineups as well. All right, we'll sh- uh, slide over to the Spurs. Uh, battle of the triple-doubles because we have DeJounte Murray coming off of one of his best games of the season, a monster triple-double going against that Houston team. Uh, so, listen, I'm not going to fault you if you want to play there. I just like a lot of these mid-tier point guards uh, you know, that we've mentioned. We just talked about Garland. We'll get to somebody in the next game. Uh, LaMelo Ball early, earlier in the night. So I think he makes for a good pivot off of some of these spend-ups if you wanted to go that route, off of Embiid or off of Luka. But for the most part, I think I'm going to ride that mid-tier, especially if Derek White does return in this game. It's not, it's not going to just take all the value away from Murray. I mean, Murray's been putting up monster games left and right all season long. But it's definitely going to take some of the shine away from him. So for the most part, there's one guy that I have in my player pool at this point. And it's going to be Jakob Pertl. Simply as a cash option, he routinely puts up 30 DK point games left and right. Uh, has the upside for 40. But he's never really burning you. You're never getting burned by Jakob Pertl. They're going to need his size in this matchup. So he's probably the only guy on the Spurs team I really have any interest in. Yeah, that's a great call out on Jakob Pertl. I think it's, it's a guy that might be overlooked especially going up against the Cavs' big front court. But to your point, someone has to rebound for the Spurs alongside of Deontay Murray. So I think this is a perfect opportunity for to target a guy like, like Pirtle, especially for tournaments. Uh, and then Deontay is going to get a ton of, of value here. Um, despite 10200 price tag, going off a month or triple-double, um, the return of Derek White definitely limits him a little bit, but it also opens him up to get a little bit more assist as well. Apologies. So I definitely like Deontay Murray. Um, I like him a little less if Derek White plays, but if, if Derek White's ruled out, uh, fire up some Jonathan Murray for, for another opportunity for, for for dueling triple-doubles here in this matchup. So those are the two guys I'm looking at as well. I'm not going to have a lot of interest in Lonnie Walker at 5K. That price is a little bit too high. I like Lonnie Walker a lot more earlier when he was under 5K. I'm not going to be going in that direction. 
Same goes with Josh Primo. Devin Vessel at 4K is a guy that he's back. Has opportunity to get 25 or 30 fantasy points, but I don't know if this is the best matchup. So I'll probably have a couple of shares of Devin Vessel just because I think he could be a tournament winner for a lot of people. Um, but I'm not going to be going in that direction for cash games. So it's going to be for cash, it's going to be Jonathan Murray and then Jakob Pottle. And, and that's it for me. All right, we'll move on. Two of late games, 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, start times. Houston Rockets traveling to Sacramento, uh, taking on them Kangs. We do not have an injury report for the Rockets right now, but for the Kings, Rashawn Holmes is questionable. Tristan Thompson is questionable. Damian Jones is still in the health and safety protocols. Dam- uh, Jameis Ramsey's in the G League, and then Robert Woodward the second has been placed into the health and safety protocols. Uh, this game total, as I mentioned earlier, the highest of the night, 235, Sacramento being favored by five points. I'll keep it short and sweet over here on Houston. There's one guy I have interest in, and it's Christian Wood at 7,400. Uh, this seems like it's going to be a smash spot for him. It's just that simple for me, uh, especially if Sean Holmes happens to sit. But the Kings have been pretty terrible against opposing centers all uh, all season long. You're going to want some shares of this game due to the high nature and fast pace and everything else that comes with it. Both these teams play pretty quickly. So I think when you just look at the actual game environment, having at least one guy on each side of the ball might be something worth doing. You don't need to. There's nine games on the slate and nine game slates. You don't need to do anything. But I do think it's uh, if I'm looking at anybody on Houston, because I mean, Kevin Porter Jr. is at a good price tag. I, I don't mind him. He has the upside, a little bit more risk associated with him, obviously, because we've seen some Pretty poor performance from him in the past. We've also seen him drop triple doubles and put up damn near 50, 60 on nights. So he's in play, but I still think I just prefer Christian Wood a little bit more than him, and that's probably it for me over here. Yeah, uh, Christian Wood's going to be uh, an absolute smash play here, 7400. Uh, I think it's a good price tag for Christian Wood regardless, especially if he has the ability to keep this game close. Uh, going up against the Kings front court should be able to get double-double upside for sure. Um, and that price is still at a point where, where we can still target Christian Wood. Um, I'm not going to have a ton of interest of anyone else, really, on the Rockets out of the ball. The only guy that I'm going to have some shares in is going to be Jay Sean Tate at, at 5,300. Coming off a nice game, we've seen some nice games of Jay Sean Tate. He just hasn't been consistent to this point, um, which is definitely concerning. Um, I don't know if he's going to continue to play uh, inconsistent basketball, but I'm going to definitely be more targeting a guy that like Jason Tate for tournaments just because of his his volatile abilities as well. So I'm going to be looking at Christian Wood number one. And then also I'm going to have a little bit of interest in Kevin Porter Jr. at 6,000. It's always difficult to target a guy Kevin Porter Jr. because he's very volatile as well. But this is a great opportunity, a great matchup against the Kings. Should be a high-scoring affair as well. So I'm, I'm going to be looking at those three guys with Christian Wood being the, the absolute um, number one option for me uh, on, on the Rockets side of the ball. All right, we'll move over to the, I guess, more alluring side of the ball, which is the Sacramento Kings here. Uh, definitely a lot of guys we're going to want to target or at least very very well look at uh, going against this Houston team. I mentioned it before. They play at an extremely fast pace, one of the fastest in the NBA. They have very porous defense to give up points all over the place. Darren Fox, 7,600. Yep, I'm good with it. I talked about it. There's a few point guards in that range that I find myself playing, which is why I don't see myself spending all the way up on point guard tonight. Uh, We've seen some up-and-down performances from Derek White, but this is definitely a get-right spot. He scored at least 29 points in three out of the last five games. It just all depends on whether it's just shots falling or not. When he shot more than 47% from the floor in that five-game span, he's put up at least 38.5 DK points, almost 50 against Denver, which we saw 11-23 shooting. A uh, couple always couples in a couple rebounds and a couple assists with Halliburton in that starting lineup with him. It obviously does hinder his assist totals. We're kind of seeing Halliburton play a little bit more on ball, which is I think it's something that Fox is getting used to. But it obviously puts Halliburton in play as well. So having one of these guys in my lineup is probably going to happen in I would say a majority of my cores uh, when I'm doing my multi-entry. It's just Halliburton has that dual eligibility. So if I find myself going with you know, let's say I wanted to play like a little bit of LaMelo, maybe a little bit of Darius Garland, then I might find myself a little bit more Halliburton. Um, but these guys are both very, very much in play now. And if we also see that Holmes and Tristan Thompson are both ruled out, 
I think we can look at Bagley and you know plug our nose and cross our fingers. Uh, it's not something I usually do, just being flat out honest with you guys. But he's played 30 minutes against L.A. I mean, they don't love to play Alex Len big minutes if they don't have to. This isn't one of those matchups where they necessarily need to. And if that's the case, we might see a decent amount of Bagley coming out of the, you know, in this spot. Keep your eye on it. If Len does draw that start again, wouldn't fault you for looking at him at 3,800. We did not mention a ton of value available. But for the most part, I'm going to be targeting these backcourt mates. Um, but you throw it in there. Is there anybody else you're kind of looking at? I mean, they're all pretty fair price tags. They're all in great spots. So if you wanted to go to any of these guys, I wouldn't fault you. But the, for the most part, it's probably going to be the backcourt. Yeah, it's tough to, to play in the wings as well. I mean, it starts on, on the backcourt. Um, it's kind of a toss-up with Aaron Fox and Halliburton. The price $200 uh, in difference. Uh, $200 uh, difference is definitely a challenge. Uh, in picking the two guys, I mean, they do a little bit of different things. Halliburton's more of a distributor, Fox is more of a scorer, but they're both going to be in play. It should be an absolute smash opportunity for both guys. Um, I just, I'll probably go more Halliburton just to save $200 if I can. Um, as far as wings go, uh, I don't have a lot of interest in Buddy Hill for 600. I think he's a, he's a guy that gets hot and cold. It, it's a great opportunity for him, but I don't know if I'm going to go a lot of, I'm not going to have a lot of shares in him. Harrison Barnes, a guy that is coming off a nice 38-point effort against the Lakers. He woke up a little bit, started to score, started to put up some shots. But we haven't seen that level since the Harrison Barnes in quite some time, in, in months, actually. So I'm not going to have interest there as well. Uh, I'll have a little bit of interest in Martin Bagley, the 4,800, uh, going up against the Rockets. But he's too inconsistent for me. It, it's going to be also mostly the, the, the backcourt as well. So I'm with you 100% on the backcourt. Final, final game of the night now. We have the Grizzlies on a back-to-back. They are defending their home court against the Mavericks. Got to keep an eye out on some news on this Grizzlies team because it is a back-to-back for them. They're already missing bodies. Looks like John Morant was dealing with some back soreness or back tightness throughout the game. Still playing significant minutes. But it might be one of those things where he ends up coming out of the, you know, coming out of that game, feeling a little sore for the next day. So keep your eye on that news. Uh, for the Mavericks, Willie Cauley-Stein, Chris Stops, Porzingis, only guys on the injury report, both ruled out. I will pass it over to you. Why don't you talk about Dallas? Yeah, the Dallas team is interesting. Coming off an absolute blowout effort, uh, going and traveling and take on the, the Knicks. Um, I, I don't know if if Luka is, is going to be heavily involved. I think he's a guy that sh- should be able to, to shoot better than 8 of 23 from the field. In fact, he shot 8 of 23 from the field in his last two games, ironically. So I think he's overdue. For, for a great shooting effort. And this is a perfect opportunity against the Grizzlies, especially if we get news that John Moran does it. I do like Luke a lot at 10,900. Um, he's a great play for me. Uh, and another guy I'm looking at is going to be Tim Hardaway Jr. at 5,000. Another guy that hasn't been shooting the ball well, but he's getting some, he's getting some heavy minutes, um, especially with guys like Porzingis out of the lineup. Um, I definitely like uh, I definitely like him. Uh, in, in this type of game, I think it could be a high-paced game against the Grizzlies who are coming off a tough-fought game against the Timberwolves. Uh, this should be a great opportunity for, for Tim Hardaway as well. Uh, and that's pretty much it for me on, on the Dallas side of the ball. I don't have a lot of interest in anyone else in the, in the front court. Um, they're all priced pretty fairly, um, and none of them offer enough, enough upside for me in, in this type of game scenario. Yeah, I don't like anybody on Dallas, to be honest. I mean, I don't like I said earlier, I don't mind Luka. Uh, he's just been shooting so bad over the past four or five games. Past four games, he's under 39% uh, in all four of those games. I think the the fifth one, it was like 42 or 43%. So he has been struggling from the floor. But the great part about Luka Doncic is he doesn't need to shoot well uh, if he's going to be racking up rebounds and assists like he has been. So we should continue to see probably, I would say, a 50 to 60-point game from him, uh, which will pay off that salary is what I'm imagining. It's just so many good mid-tier options. Is it worth spending up on two guys on this slate when we haven't talked about a lot of value? Now, granted, we may see some open up. It's That's always an option for us. So, you know, By the time you guys hear this, there might be some more that opens up, let alone before lock. But I'm not really targeting anybody heavily on this Dallas side of the ball. Uh, on the Memphis side of the ball, like I said, keep an eye on John Morant because if he happens to sit, Tyus Jones would become the chalk value play at 4,400. Um, it's just eat it. It's It's worth it. And also be a big boom for Melton as well. Both those guys are prefer Jones over Melton just because the coaching staff for some reason just dislikes Melton more than anything. Just don't want to play this guy minutes at all. Um, keep an eye on Steven Adams. He sat out this game to due to a non-COVID-related illness. There's a decent chance he's able to suit up on the back-to-back going against Dallas, which would obviously impact you know guys like uh, 
Kyle Anderson and Brandon Clark. We saw Kyle Anderson draw the start at the four. If he does that again, I do have interest in Kyle Anderson at 52. Uh, John Morant at 92. I just don't think I'll be going there due to some of these other options we've already spoke about at the point guard position. But for the most part, you know, it's going to be based on news. Tyus Jones, if Morant sits, uh, Kyle Anderson, maybe even a little Jaron Jackson Jr. If Steven Adams sits and probably the, it's probably going to be it for me for the most part. You know, I don't mind Desmond Bain. He's a little underpriced, but on a nine game slate, I think there's better options out there, but I wouldn't fault you if you wanted to go there. The guy's been pretty much routinely putting up uh, outside of that, you know, the golden state game, 40 DK points. It feels like almost on a regular basis with Dylan Brooks out of the lineup. They just need somebody else to shoot the rock. And he seems to be growing into one of the league's better three-point shooters. So some options. We got options here. But we also need to kind of keep an eye on what the news report looks like because it is the final game of the night. So if you're playing anybody in this game, you might want to keep them down in your utility spot or that forward guard spot just so you have easy accessibility to swap out if you need to. You know what? I could not have said it any better myself uh, for the for the final uh, team of the slate. Uh, when it comes to the Grizzlies, if John Moran ends up being out, Tyus Jones is going to be chalk, and for good reason. I think he's going to put up a nice little game here against the Mavericks. Um, but we have to get those new, the news up front. Um, the guy that is worth mentioning that I, I know we, we, I wanted to touch on is John Conchar. Um, 3,400 is a guy that coming off uh, a game against Timberwolves tonight where he had 17 rebounds in, in a, just an unbelievable double-double. Uh, we see these, these type of of outlier rebounding efforts from John Conjar. Um, we saw it a couple weeks ago against the Kings. Uh, this would be a great opportunity for him to, to repeat against the Mavericks, truthfully. And we definitely didn't touch on a lot of value on this slate. So he's got a guy that's priced very low and should be able to hit value if if, if we definitely get the news that John Moran's out. John Conjar becomes a, a fantastic play for me at 3,400 as well. Um, and then in the front court, if Steven Adams plays, 300 is a great matchup going to be a matchup nightmare for the Mavericks. We saw what Mitchell Robinson could do against the Dallas front court uh, last night. So it's definitely a guy that should be able to, to put up another monster double-double if we get news that he's back in the lineup. So that's going to be uh, very important to the monitor, which you touched on as well. Um, I'm not going to have a lot of interest in Jaron Jackson Jr. at 7,200. I think that's a fair price tag for him. He has 50-point upside. I just don't know if, if he's going to get there. That's been Bain as well. 6,800 is, is a very fair price for Desmond as well. Um, and then if John Moran ends up playing, a 9,200 John Moran is going to be a fantastic play. I just I don't see him playing in this game. So I, I definitely am going to be leaning more at Tyus Jones here. Don't fault you, my friend. Uh, and that brings us full circle to the end, to our player tier segment. So I will pass it over to you. Who is your high-priced spend-up? Anybody over 8K, who do you see yourself having the most ownership in? Absolutely. This is this is tough. Um, any guys over 8K uh, for me, my favorite play is going to probably have to be um, – it's, it's a real toss-up here, but it's going to have to be – we touched on as, as one of the better plays. It's going to be Jalen Brown and 9K uh, on the Celtics side of the ball. What about you? I'm probably just going to eat it here and go Joel Embiid. Uh, I mentioned it. There's not a lot of guys I feel like I need to spend up on. Uh, we talked about a few center options on this slate, but just the past history of him crushing Boston, uh, knowing that you know this team basically needs him. He's been routinely putting up 30-point games. 31 is the key number here. 31-point uh, games over the past five games and even before that. You know, it just seems like this dude's in a rhythm right now where anything less than 30 actual points feels like a disappointment. And if he hits that 30-point mark, he's got a pretty decent chance of paying off his salary. We're even talking about three out of the past four games. He has not had more than eight rebounds, which is pretty out of the ordinary for a guy averaging 10.5 rebounds on the year. So everything gets right game. He loves playing against Boston. He's taking advantage of this team pretty much every single game of his career at this point. I was probably looking at some Joel Embiid, but... There were some other noteworthy options that, you know, hopefully you didn't just skip to the end and you heard us talk about because I don't think Embiid is a must play. I think he'll be the highest owned play. Um, but it just makes sense the way my builds are looking to say him over Doncic simply because of all the other guard value that we mentioned. Now for the mid-tier play, anyone between 5 and 8K, who are your or who is your favorite option? I mean, I'm going to be cheating here, but and we touched on he's going to probably be very high owned, but it's going to be Darius Garland at 7,800. There's a few guys in that price range 
that in the point guard position and in the guard position are going to be uh, great plays. And I think Darius Garland is one of the best. Um, and he's my favorite play at, at that price tag. Going up against the Spurs, I think it should be a, a big opportunity for him to get another close to a triple-double here. Can't fault you. Uh, I'll go with – it's going to be a tough one for me to say because I want to say just King's backcourt. Uh, but we'll go with Mr. Halliburton here at 7,400. Uh, just to get you that shooting guard eligibility. So I know we talked about so many other point guards on this slate, but the guy just does it all. He continues to just put up monster defensive numbers pretty much night in and night out. Uh, on top of the ability to rack up assists, feels like he has a very, very safe floor with the upside of anywhere between 40 and 50 DK points. So I don't mind looking at Halliburton, but if you wanted to, if you're, if you're leaning more Fox, you won't hear me. I'll have plenty of shares of both those guys. Uh, and then for value, we didn't touch on a ton of guys, but it's a, it's a nice wide range for us here. So under uh, 5K or less, who are you looking at? Yeah, from value perspective, um, it's definitely going to be uh, contingent on John Morant news. But if John Morant's out, uh, I touched on John Conchar, 3,400. He's going to be probably low on um, unless we get the news pretty early in terms of John Morant being out. But I do like him. I think he, he slides in to, to 25, 30 minutes in this game against the Mavericks. And, and she should put up a, should put, put, put pretty good numbers here. And and then at that value price tag, thirty four hundred, I think he should be able to to have a pretty good return on investment as well. Yeah, no, listen, I, I won't argue with Mister Conchar. Um, I'd probably end up I'd probably end up on more Tyus Jones if we see Morant sit. Try to you know, I I think they'll both be fairly high owned, especially Conchar coming off from the monster game, but. I'm going to cheat and just say I'll give two because one of them I feel like is a cheat because he's right on that 5K mark and it's going to be Jordan Poole uh, with Clay Thompson sitting out of this one. Going to draw that start. They're going to need a shooting. They're going to need everything that they can get from the guy. But and without cheating and out saying him, uh, it's and the reason I'm giving two, I always try to give two if there's going to be someone based on an injury contingency, which is going to be Robin Lopez. Uh, the dude just crushes every time they need him to start. It's just that simple. If we see that Mo Bamba is not ready to return, you can just fire him up with comfortable, uh, feeling comfortable about it at 4,400, going against this Hornets team that pretty much sucks all over the place. I'd be good with taking some stabs at him. Uh, past two games that he's played at least, actually, we could say the past three games, he's played at least 31 minutes. Uh, he scored at least 36.5 DK points. So sign me up for some Robin Lopez at 4,400 if we see that Mo Bamba is ruled out. And now, no, you're not used to doing this over here my friend, but we're going to slide over to the Thrive Fantasy Picks of the Night, where we each give one of our uh, favorite prop bets to choose from if you are over there playing Thrive. If you're not, what are you waiting for? Sign up, promo code ETHOS. Give me your favorite Thrive Fantasy prop bet of the night. So I, I'm going to I'm gonna actually pass it over to you to, to have you go first, because I am still trying to, um, to figure out what exactly I want to go with. Um, so. If you don't mind starting it up, and then I'll jump in. I got no worries there, my friend. Uh, I'll go with Christian Wood over on 19 and a half points. It gets you a nice solid return of 110. So I mean, it's it's got uh, you know two points against them because they call an average an average prop would be 100 over for the over, 100 for the under. Uh, so we're getting 110 on the over. I like this matchup for him at 19 and a half points. I am. Not only hoping, almost expecting him to hit that, I wouldn't be surprised if he puts up anywhere between like 22 to 24 actual points in this one. So he will be my pick. Okay. Well, I am going to throw out another guy here, um, a, a guy I touched on a little bit, and that was Scotty Barnes um, on, on the Raptors. If we end up getting confirmation he's in the lineup, a nine and a half total rebounds and assists, I think, is is pretty much a, a lock and load for Mr. Scotty Barnes running up against the Pistons. He sh- he has ten rebound upside in this game alone. So throwing in some assists as well in in that prop bet, I think, is is pretty much easy money here. Um, so I'm going to go Scotty Barnes on on the Raptor side. All right, I like that one. So. That is all, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to us. As always, give us a follow on Twitter. You can follow me at Mike Apatria, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. You can find Dave at D Mank. Correct me if I'm wrong. 33, right, Dave? Correct. D Mank 33. So it's D-M-E-N-K 33. Follow Dave on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, get all the hot takes you can handle. Actually, I'm, I'm not that spicy, man. 
Uh, I usually you usually find me tweeting out something random every here and there, and then I'm mostly just trying to retweet as much as the beat reporter news I can see, so you guys can see it in real time, adjust on the fly for building lineups throughout the day. But uh, you always find some useful information out there as well. And then give us a thumbs up, five star rate and review wherever you listen. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, you name it, we're there. Subscribe so you can get the notification as soon as the podcast hits the airwaves. That way you can get a jump on your lineups nice and early. As always, we are a first look podcast. So you're going to hear this get recorded the night before on most nights. So you got to kind of listen to it early. That way you can adjust as soon as you see the news come out. But anything else you want to leave us with, Dave, before we get out of here? I'm just excited for a nine game slate, and I hope everyone cashes and, and, and does well. And uh, I'm just pumped to, to get to get this, this Friday night started. All right. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. <laughs> Everybody, take care. As always, we'll see you tomorrow. I will be handling that wonderful Saturday slate for you guys. Going solo. You'll hear me in the morning recording it. But take care. Let's go take down some tournaments.